0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: p.m. and pure gold is live and on the air for this Tuesday night, March 29th, 2011. Hope everyone has a safe and good weekend. It's a very busy weekend in sports and sports entertainment, folks. That's right. You have the Final Four, the star of Major League Baseball, the NBA and NHL are both winding down and getting ready for the playoffs, and this Sunday, the granddaddy of them all, WrestleMania. Welcome once again to the show that covers sports, life, and everything between. My name is Joe, just business Buccino, and as always, seated in his lazy boy, Susan, my tag team partner and co-host. David
2: Gomez, a.k.a. DG. Joe. Let's get this show underway. <laughs>
1: so can I ask you how you're doing first?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm doing good. What the hell is a lazy boy Susan, by the way? I always said it was a lazy boy chair. Some, is it some woman named Susan sitting in a lazy boy?
1: No, I combined the lazy boy with the lazy Susan that's like in the kitchen, you know, or the thing that spins the food.
2: <laughs> you are you are truly lazy to come up with that crap, sir.
1: Thank you. <laughs> sir, before we get underway, let's give out the contact information and the poll question of the week to the audience.
2: Of course, folks. Our contact, information: 714-364-4721. Folks, that is a call-in number. If you'd like to call in and ask Evan Roberts some horrible trivia questions that he already knows the answers to, please you feel do. free to do that. And, of course, check out our website, www.puregoldpg.com. And as far as our poll question of the week, winning with a whopping 38%. Folks, our question was, what should The Rock's role be in the WWE? Come back to wrestle part-time and keep doing movies, one, with 38%. uh, Tied at second, 22%. Appear for special events like Stone Cold or turn Cena heel and go back to movies, and, of course, come back to wrestling full-time, when I think Joe got all the votes on that one, came in last at 19%. The question for this week, folks, it's going to be a good one, we will be talking about the New York Metropolitans and how many games they will win. So you can vote tonight for the rest of the week, and then next Tuesday, of course, we will get into that. We have our choices up, and, folks, we are ready to rock and roll. JB?
1: All right, DG, Thursday is the official opening day of the Major League Baseball season, and uh, the Mets are not playing that day, but the Yankees are, but we're here to talk some Mets baseball for 2011. So without further ado, GG, who do we have?
2: Folks, we have joining us tonight the one and only, our close personal friend and the best man in JB's first wedding, the one and only, Mr. Evan Roberts. Evan, how are you doing, sir?
3: Oh, I'm fa- fantastic. This is like uh, my home. I've been on your show like 27 times now. <laughs> well,
2: we actually, uh, we're actually we actually sending you checks in the mail. We're, we've uh, sent them to WFA, and they might bounce, but... You know, being that you're part of the Pure Gold team now, officially, we just figured out, uh, you know, we'd start paying you in incentives and coupons and things like that.
3: Well, what works out is you always seem to pick the day where I'm doing nothing. I don't know if, like, you know my schedule or maybe I just don't do anything with my life. I don't know why, but every time you pick a day, it's like a day where I'm sitting home doing nothing. So how can I turn you down? How, how can I be that person to say no if I'm literally sitting home doing nothing? Well, Very
2: true. I honestly think it's because you never do anything, and that's why any day of the week that we pick would probably be easy. <laughs> so you know we're we're good to go on that. But Evan, I have a question for you. Yeah, Very important.
0: anything.
2: You were well, anything. Well, all right. Let, let me change my first question then. <laughs> you, uh, you were in Florida a couple weeks back, right? Correct. Um, I've never been to Port St. Lucie. I've heard there's nothing to do down there, but obviously you were there to see the New York Mets. What did you like when you were there? What did you not like? down in Port St.
3: Lucie? Well, I love the fact that there's a lot of restaurants around there, okay? Everybody jokes that there's nothing to do. You're right. If you want to go clubbing, there's nothing to do. But if you want to get, like, an Applebee's, Applebee's, you know, appetizer, there's plenty of places to go. And I'm sure that's what you were referring to when you asked me about Port St. Lucie, about all the great restaurants they have down there. But what (laughs) I liked as far as the baseball team was concerned is probably Chris Young was the guy that jumped out at me. Um He looked good, and I think that he's one of those guys that if he's healthy, he's going to be effective. I know it's very easy to say if this guy's healthy or if his team's healthy, but there's a lot of guys that are healthy and stink. Chris Young's one of those guys where if he can stay healthy, if he can make 30 starts, I'm confident he's going to be effective. And I got to see him start twice down there. And his fastball was around 86, 87, which is pretty good considering all the injuries he's had. And he was throwing strikes, and he was pretty impressive, and he continued that even when I left Florida. And he had a really good spring training, so he was the number one guy that jumped out at me as far as performance and his potential impact on the team. So from a baseball aspect, it was Chris Young. From a party aspect, Applebee's, two for one. After 5 o'clock, I'm talking about beers, nothing better. I was getting, well, you yeah, know, put it this way, I was enjoying the Applebee's bar scene. All right? I took it over. Nice. <laughs>
2: Applebee's bar scene. Well, I remember that movie. Um, I haven't seen it, but uh, I forget what it's called. what Was it uh, hall, the hall Pass? The one where the uh, you know the guys like, are you sure Applebee's is the place you come to meet all the hot chicks? I'm sure that you would be one of the guys in that group, Evan.
3: Let well, there were a couple of wonderful women down there. I mean, Bertha, you know, she looked fantastic. She was a little over sixty, but if I wanted her, fellas, I could have had her. But I chose to uh, to take the pitch, if you know what I mean.
1: <laughs> I know what you mean, Evan. <laughs> Well, let me ask you, Evan, do you feel a change? I know it's only been a couple months. Do you feel a change in the way the Mets operate under Sandy and Terry compared to Omar and Jerry?
3: Yes. I feel a lot of changes. Now, this doesn't mean they're going to win 90 games. This doesn't mean they're going to make the playoffs. And it certainly doesn't mean that guys are going to stay healthy, as we were seeing with Jason Bay and even the Beltron stuff. But the biggest difference I see is that this little stat called on-base percentage actually means something to these guys. Um, I wanted to take a pen and stick it through my eye every time I watched Jeff Rancor hack at the first pitch. Rod Barajas, same garbage. Henry Blanco, same garbage. And he had Omar chasing Benji Molina, who, yeah, big time. You know, he gets big hits. Don't get me wrong. Hit it on base percentage of like 285, and it bothered me because when you're in New York, you see a lot of the Yankees, and that '98 Yankee team, which is the model for any baseball team that's ever going to be built, would just crush pitching, not because they pounded home runs, but because they would take pitches. and They would get teams' pitch counts to like 100 after five innings. And I think that the first thing I've noticed about Sandy is that he believes on-base percentage actually matters. I mean, even Brad Emas, who won the second-base job, if you want to say it, even when he was hitting like 220 in spring training, he had like a 350 on-base percentage. I like seeing stuff like that because getting on-base is the name of the game. So my first simple thing that jumps out at me – about the difference between Omar Manaya and Sandy Alderson is on-base percentage means something. And I remember being in Little League when the coach said a walk is as good as a hit. It's true. What the hell's the difference if it's a base hit to center field or if it's a walk? I want my guys to get on base. And the one thing about this Met lineup, with some small changes from last year, is they actually put an emphasis on guys that get on base. So that's number one, one of the things that I've noticed between Sandy uh from Omar to Sandy.
1: Yeah. Did, did you hear about uh Mr. Jason Bay starting the season on the DL?
3: Did I hear about it? Are you kidding me? Of course I heard about it. It's driving me nuts. It's depressing me because I want to be optimistic about this season. I think I am kind of optimistic about this season, but when you have to take one of your better players, the fifth place hitter in all likelihood in this lineup and he's going to probably start the year on the DL and probably miss a couple of weeks. That's a major blow for a team that needed to get off to a good start. And think about this. Beltron, even if he plays Friday night, is not going to play every day. He's not. He's going to play maybe two out of three games, three out of five games. So there are going to be days where Lucas Duda is going to be in left field and Scott Harrison or Willie Harris is going to be in right field. And that scares me. And you know Angel Pagan, you know, he'll need a day off occasionally. There's going to be a day, okay, where you're going to see Lucas Duda in left field Willie Harrison Center, Scott Harrison and Wright, and yeah, that that kind of bothers me. I'm not gonna well, lie. So yeah, the Bay thing is not good.
1: You know what's what's a uh, positive from actually last year is that the Mets actually had a pretty decent year with their pitching, despite what people thought going into the season. With uh, with that said, how do you feel about their pitching staff in general this year?
3: I think the pitching staff could be okay. I mean, they look, they don't have the aces that can compete with Roy Halladay or Cliff Lee or Tim Hudson or even Tommy Hanson. But what they have is they have a lot of threes. I mean, I think Mike Pelfrey is a number three. I think John Neese can become a number three. I think R.A. Dickey's a number three. I think Chris Young, when healthy, is a number three. So I think they have potentially a solid one through five, but it's solid. It's not great. They don't have that. Dominant ace, and you know that's why you got to hope that Johan Santana could come back and be a shell of his former self, so I, or somewhat better, you know, than a shell of his former self. Is the other thing is what yeah. I'm trying to say, but I think the rotation actually could be decent. It's just that when you run into Josh Johnson on opening day, and you run into Cliff Lee and Roy Halladay, you know it's going to be tough because I don't know if you could expect Mike Pelfrey and John Neese nice to go eight scoreless innings, and when you're facing big time aces like that a lot. It's going to be tough to win games like that. So I like the rotation. It's just that in this division where there are so many aces, it's going to be very tough to compete with those guys.
1: Yeah.
2: Speaking of big-time aces and all-star players, how sad are you that your Applebee's loving buddies, Luis Castillo and Oliver Perez, are no longer New York Mets?
3: Oh, I cried for weeks. I mean, it it was so difficult to get over Luis Castillo, who has basically the same range as me defensively at second base, has the same speed as my sister, Um, you know, loves to take strike three. Nobody loves to take strike three more than Luis Castillo. So seeing him go is so depressing. And seeing Ali go, oh, my goodness. I mean, 83-mile-an-hour fastballs. You know, I love the 83-mile-an-hour fastball. Jamie Moyer's not going to pitch this year. So, of course, we want to see the soft-tossing Oliver Perez. I am so glad both of these guys are gone, and you know what? I'm so glad. This this is me saying, bring it. You know, like the Rock used to say, just bring it. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad Luis Castillo's on the Phillies. I'm so happy when I saw he signed with the Phillies. I heard a lot of Mets fans whining about, oh, he's gonna beat us. Oh, I can see it now, Castillo. Okay, Ca-. you know what? Just bring it. Bring it on. I can't wait to see Luis Castillo next week when the Mets go to Philadelphia. I And, and I pray every night before I go to bed that Oliver Perez gets called up by the Washington Nationals. Because these guys, I'm not one of those Mets fans that think, oh, my God, this guy's going to come back and kill me. This guy's going to get me. I want to see those two guys at Citi Field against the Mets. That's like a dream come true.
2: So, so Basically, you're saying you're not like Joe Benigno who thinks that everybody's going to come back and be uh, you know, Cy Young and uh, Babe Ruth whenever they face the Mets.
3: <laughs> I, you know, maybe some, um, maybe when I'm Joe's age, I'll be that guy. Maybe if I get burned enough, I'll start to think like that. But, I, you know, just watching Castillo and Perez, these guys are so bad, specifically Ali. I mean, he's not a major leaguer yeah. anymore. I, I don't mind these guys being in the division, and I'm excited that Brad Emos is going to get an opportunity because, you know what, I know what Luis Castillo is, and it's so tough to watch a guy, and we've seen this as Mets fans with second basemen over the years guys who used to be really good second basements coming to the Mets, and we get to watch them wind down their career. We saw it with Carlos Baerga. We saw it with Robbie Alomar. We saw it with Luis Castillo. And it's annoying because I remember how good Luis Castillo was. He was in the Mets division. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we saw it firsthand. So um, I'm just so sick and tired of watching these all-star second basemen wind their career down with the Mets.
2: It's actually, uh, it's actually amazing. you, you, you bring up Byerga. I was so hyped when the Mets got Byerga, and then he was terrible. Alomar, forget it. You know, I thought he's gonna add to his Hall of Fame resume. He did by tainting it, by coming to the Mets. And it seems like for whatever reason, a lot of guys come to this team and they suck it up, a la Jason Bay last year. But you keep mentioning Braddy. Missed second. Do you honestly think and you're way more optimistic than I could ever be when it comes to the Mets? But do you honestly think the Mets are gonna be anything other than a fourth place team? I've seen three or four different sources. Everybody's picking them to be fourth. That either means they're going to win the World Series or they're going to end up in fourth place. But I just don't see a ton of talent on the team in terms of health, you know, health-wise. Because if the Mets were healthy, yeah, Bay would be great, Beltran would be great, Wright would be great, Reyes would be great. The Mets would have an amazing lineup. But it's the New York Mets. I mean, what are we really looking at? Our, our, you know, we mentioned our poll question. We, our, our five choices are less than seventy, seventy to seventy-five wins, seventy-six to eighty. 80 to 85, and then we have, you know, 86 to 90 and 90 up. Where do you think you'd fall in that line? What are we looking at for the Mets for this year? How many wins are we talking, Evan?
3: Probably low 80s. If I had to vote in that poll, I'd say, I think you said 80 to 85 or something like that, 81 to 86. I'd, I'd be in that range. I think that's where they are. I think that... One one thing I've learned about experts, and I guess you know, people consider Joe and I experts. We're not experts; we're fans. You know, we know a lot about the sports, but it doesn't mean we can predict the future. If we could predict the future, we'd be living in Vegas, you know, with strippers as our wives. I mean, in more models as our wives. You know what I'm talking about? Like, so when I hear Sports Illustrated and I hear all the baseball insiders predict the Mets to do this or this team to do that, it means nothing. And you know, I know a lot of Mets fans hear it and they get depressed, but that should not depress you because. Last year, the San Diego Padres had an over-under number of 70-and-a-half, and nobody picked them to win the division. If I knew you guys last year and came on your show and said the Padres are going to win the West, and I know they didn't, but you know what I mean. They got it to the last game Yeah, of the they year. came close. They came yeah, pretty yeah. damn close. They choked at the end. You guys would have laughed at me and said, you're nuts. So it just proves that like the experts don't mean anything. So, I you know, I've talked to a lot of Mets fans on the Twitter and all that talking about SI said this or this expert said that. I like it. I like when the experts say the Mets are going to stink. And I I guess a part of me surprised how negative people are. I mean, I knew they'd be negative, but I've heard things like the Mets are going to win 72 games. I mean, I, the Mets are that much worse than they were last year. They're going to go backwards by 7 games. I just I don't see it. And look, I mean, if Jason Bay's out for the year, not saying he is, but let's say yeah. catastrophic things happen, then yeah, that can happen. But I can't sit here today and predict catastrophic things. I can't say, you know, Mike Pelfrey's going to trip coming off the mound on opening day and he's not going to pitch again. or you know, That type of stuff is, I know it, it seems like as Mets fans, that stuff could happen because of what's happened in the last couple of years. But I'm a believer that this bad luck and good luck evens itself out. I, I really do believe that. And, I know the Mets are not off to a good start with this because of the base situation, but I can't sit here and just predict catastrophic injuries. And Like I said, I think the pitching is okay. Bullpens, I don't want to sit here and predict because, I mean, come on, year to year, bullpens go so up and down. It's impossible to really gauge that. But like you mentioned, they have a lot of offense on paper. And I think that Terry Collins, one positive is that he's going to bring a toughness to this team. And this team is going to be more scrappy than it was last year. So, I'm not saying they're making the playoffs, but I would say 84, 83 wins. Some people think that's too optimistic. Fine, I don't care. That's where I think the Mets are going to be.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully, hopefully they'll they'll have a winning record. But it's true when you look at Collins versus the last couple of managers the Mets have had. You look at Jerry, who was cracking jokes and you know talking about cutting people. You had Willie making uh, eating subway sandwiches with Joe Torre, and then you had Art Howe before him. So it's definitely a it's definitely a, a huge change of pace, but. You mentioned something. i got to ask this. You know, this is kind of like off the beaten path, but you talked about Twitter. I follow you on Twitter. What the hell is Twitter baseball? Can you explain that to me, please? I I need to know this.
3: What I don't understand is how it's so complicated for you and other people to realize what it is. And I explain it like a million times. Every day I get a tweet like, what's Twitter baseball? It's not some (laughs) stupid video game. It's not me saying I'm pitching to you and you're hitting. It's just simply... A game of baseball, like real physical game, organized via Twitter. We meet up at uh, different locations. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, it's actually a manly thing to do. It's actually a cool thing to do. It's not some you know, you know, whatever. I can't even think of an example. It's not some you know video game or anything like that. Uh, usually, this one guy on Twitter, Eli from Brooklyn. I'll give him a little uh, pop. I named him General Manager of Twitter Baseball. He'll put up a website that. Um, has a location, you sign up, and people will actually come to those locations. And we play nine-inning baseball games. And we've been doing it, did it about eight times last year, and it was pretty popular. And this year it's been a lot more popular. We always get 20 to 25 guys, which is perfect. And we play a game. And usually we separate it into Met fans and Yankee fans. And we've played three games this year. The Yankees have won two of them. Uh, one in Queens, one in Jersey, one in Long Island. We're going to try to hit the Westchester. Uh on Sunday, so that, uh, come on, it's simple, it's just baseball.
1: You know what's great about it is that I heard that Ali P. was uh, pitching 83-mile-an-hour fastballs and uh, Evan had actually relieve him.
3: That's right, absolutely. <laughs> In fact, we, we, I, I was disappointed when Luis Castillo a little bit sound with the Phillies because we were hoping he would be our second baseman, but uh, unfortunately, you know, maybe a couple of weeks once the Phillies realize he sucks and they release him and Wilson Valdez is their second baseman, uh, Luis will come down and play with us.
1: <laughs> Good. Let me ask you though, Evan. Seriously, um, Mike Pelfrey. Seriously. He, he, except for you know a little bit of a, a little you know rough stretch last year, had a pretty decent year. What kind of uh, what Mike Pelfrey do we expect this year? The Mike Pelfrey of last year that had a pretty good year, or does he resort back to Mike
3: Pelfrey of old? Until proven otherwise, I believe that Mike Pelfrey is an enigma, and that from start to start and from month to month, I have no idea, and nor, Med, nor any Mets fan should have any idea what to expect from him, and that's. Very frustrating because it's a guy that has the potential to put it all together. I mean, last year the way he started, I thought Brandon Webb had left Brandon Webb's body, while he was hurt, and transformed into Mike Pelfrey. I mean, he was getting a ton of ground balls. was he was striking that many guys out, but he was finding a way out of jams, and he was just getting, he was just becoming such a premier ground ball pitcher. And then I, I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to pinpoint when it started. Maybe it was right after the Orioles series at Camden Yards. He just lost it, and yeah, I don't yeah. I don't know what the heck happened. And then he found it at the end of the year, which was nice. But anybody who could sit here and predict what Mike Pelfrey is going to do, they're lying because he is such an enigma, and that's what's so frustrating. And that is one of the things that's going to hurt the Mets because they're asking him to be that shut down ace. They're matching him up against Josh Johnson on opening day. So look, I, I hope that Mike Pelfrey puts it all together. But he hasn't given me an indication he's going to. I'm under the impression that Mike Pelfrey is going to frustrate us like he did last year. But hopefully, he has more good games than bad games. That's the one thing you have to hope. But he is—he's—he's—he's he's, he's really frustrating to watch because he just hasn't been able to put it all together yet.
1: Yeah, and he's got that hand-wicking problem, which we all know <laughs> is uh, hard to get rid of. So. <laughs>
3: Listen, if he got people out consistently, he could lick his hands. He could be like a cat and lick his behind. I wouldn't give a damn what he did. So the licking thing we make fun of because he frustrates us. But seriously, he goes out and wins a Cy Young this year. Yeah, he, you know what? He can lick whatever he wants. Well, that's fair enough. You agree Poole with man. me about that. Don't try to be all like, no, oh, that's <laughs> disgusting. You You think the same thing. I agree with I just you, Evan. I
2: love the cat agree. analogy. <laughs> I love the fact that you threw the cat thing in there because we always talk about that. Well, whenever you want it's like they're behind. Hey, I've seen my cat do it, so I'm going to rename him Mike Pelfrey just because of you, Evan.
3: There you go. Oh. Pelfrey's a good name for a cat. That's not bad. Hey, little Pelfrey. What's up, Pelfrey? <laughs>
1: yeah, from, from a cat's behind to this question right here. Let's just say the Mets, Evan, are in contention for a wild card because let's just think positively for once. Uh, Do you think, with all the things that are going on with the Mets on and off the field, do you think by the trading deadline would they add a player or a a pitcher to potentially make a run for the wild card this year?
3: Uh, I don't think they will. I think they're in a lot of financial trouble, and I think Sandy Alderson has a big-picture view of this franchise, which means even if they're in contention, I think he'll look long-term and say what's best for the franchise long-term. And I think Jose Reyes is going to be traded. Because, I mean, let's say the Mets are in contention, and Sandy knows he's not resigning Jose Reyes. I'd say trade him, too. I really would, because that's best for long-term for this franchise. And even if the Mets are in a pennant race, you probably don't think they have a chance to win a World Series. Now, I know, hey, you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. But are you willing to jeopardize the long-term future of this team for a shot in the dark? So I think that everything Sandy does between Reyes, Frankie Rodriguez, or adding a guy will be done with a long-term philosophy. Now, if he can get a starting pitcher, let's say they need a starting pitcher and the Mets are in a pennant race, back in a Jose Reyes deal where he can kind of help himself today or maintain having a decent club today but also give him the, the, the flexibility for the future, then, yeah, I think he'll think like that. But I think Sandy Alderson, though he won't admit, views this season as really, hey, it's all about the future. And that's why I think that even if they're in a pennant race, they will trade Jose Reyes if they believe they're not going to sign him. And, 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 again, that's the right thing to do because I want to win in the future. I want to win. I want to be a dynasty. That's the goal of any sports fan. It's not just to win. I want to win consistently. I see what the Yankees do on the other side of town. And I know the Yankees have only won one World, one, have won one World Series really in the last decade. But you know what? They've had a dynasty because they're in it every year. That's a, that's yeah. like a, a modern-day playoff dynasty. That's what I want. I want to be in it every year, because if you're in it every year, you have a chance every year. And if you have a chance every year, you get excited every year. So I want Sandy to do what's in the best interest of this franchise long term. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but the only chance the Mets have every year is a chance to be uh, cellar dwellers and, you know, beat the Nationals for the, the worst team in the, the NLE. Oh, but, stop. You
3: know, You're over-exaggerating, my friend. <laughs> come on. Two years ago, 2008, I guess that was three years ago now. I mean, three they years they, ago, they, yeah. they were in a pennant race on the last day of the year. They've had two bad years in a row. But, yeah, 2008. Really? Yeah, I don't remember. The that. Game the, you don't remember? <laughs> I, I remember. It was the last game of the year. Again, I, come on, against the Marlins and Ryan Church in a fly no, ball no, the no, right no. field. You remember, you
1: remember Tom, Tom Goliathen? You remember Tom Goliathen? <laughs> yeah, Gladden. I remember, I remember, I remember that clearly.
3: But don't act like the Mets have been like this last-place team for a decade. It's been two bad years. But before that, they at least were in pennant races every year, even though it ended horribly. Oh, no, no, they,
2: they definitely were. But the fact of the matter is, for me as a fan, you know, five years ago, I was thinking to myself, and, and I, I said this on the air last week. I went to game two of the NLCS against the Cardinals, and I, I'm saying the Mets are up 6-0, and I'm I'm talking to my buddies, like, man, the Mets are going to win this series, and they're going to win the World Series. I can't believe it. Uh, you know, I'm going to be a part of a Mets uh, World Series championship and not be five years old. Well, then they go, they blow that. We know how that ended. Oh seven and oh eight, they collapsed. And the past two years, they've been awful. So these last five years have just been more suffering and anguish than I can remember. Oh, so I I, I'm hoping, I agree. I'm, I, you know, I'm hoping that... Uh, I'll, I'll just basically talk about how terrible the Mets are, and then they'll surprise me. I can't be optimistic. I refuse to be optimistic because I know that they're going to let me down. But speaking of optimism, specifically Jason Bay, who's starting on the DL, of course, which is a great way, by the way, from the start. Wh- what kind of years do you expect from him and uh, and David Wright?
3: Well, I mean, I would have thought that Bay would have a bounce-back year. It's kind of the, the thing that happens with guys that come to New York. We've seen it with Mets players and Yankee players. Beltron would be the Met example where you come to New York and you struggle, for whatever reason, if it's the pressing, if it's dealing with the media, whatever the reason. So I thought Bay would have a bounce-back year, but this is going to hurt him because if he misses a couple of weeks and then he comes back and then he's adjusting and he needs at-bats to get ready again, he's already putting himself behind the eight ball. So if you asked me yesterday, I would have told you, yeah, I think Bay's going to have a bounce-back year. Not a monster year, but a bounce-back year, 23 home runs, 80 RBI, something reasonable like that. I think Bay is going to have a tough time doing that now because injuries to start a season, especially when you're having a big, when you, when you need a bounce back, you're like Bay yeah. and there's a lot of pressure on you. It's very difficult to do. And I think David Wright, I've said this about Wright for years now and I really believe it. David Wright goes with the lineup around them. He's not Albert Pujols. He's not Evan Longoria. He's not capable of carrying a lineup. He needs, and he's at his best when he's got guys around him that are hitting. I mean, it's not a coincidence that David Wright had his best years when Beltron and Delgado were around them, and they were having yeah. very good seasons. So, it's it's horrible. It's like the chicken or the egg thing. How's David Wright going to do? You know what? It's going to be dependent on the health of Carlos Beltron and the health of Jason Bay. It really is to me with David. So, unfortunately, that's what he is. I mean, I think we all want him to be that franchise player where it doesn't matter who's around him, he's going to hit 300 and hit 30 home runs and 100 RBIs. But I think it's been made pretty obvious the last couple of years. That's just not the way it is. He needs guys around him, so his success is dependent on his teammates.
1: That's a good. That's
2: definitely some good expert analysis there, Evan. And I don't care what you say. I want anybody else says you're an expert. In my opinion, speaking <laughs> of experts, yeah, yeah. we have a, another close personal friend of ours, the the godfather of Joe's uh, all of his children. We have uh, Todd joining us. Todd, you have a
4: question for Evan Roberts. I do, Evan. How are you doing tonight?
3: Fantastic.
4: <laughs> Great question, Todd. I, I really enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoy you and Joe in the Mid-Bay. You make driving around uh, the Tri-State area a lot easier to do, that's for sure. So You're, a you for that. You're a good man.
3: You're a good man.
4: My question for you is my family and I, we just started watching baseball again. I mean, I was a baseball fan when I was a kid, but you know, I kind of gave all my love to the Jets for the past ten years. But I'm starting to get back into baseball again. And uh, I'm a Met fan, and my family and I, we go out to some games. And, you know, we were watching the game Friday night, and my son uh, saw the advertisement for Bark in the Park. And he's like, oh, we've got to go do that. Let's take the dog. We'll go. It will be a great time. So I said, sure, all right, fine, we'll do it. And I was just curious, you know, when we go out to the park, you know, we really enjoy the experience of being in the park itself. You know, I mean, the game is part of it too, but the whole, like, taking in the whole thing. I was just curious, for you, do you have, like, a favorite, like, uh, a promotion that they do at the parks?
3: <laughs> I didn't know where your question was going. Uh, my favorite. I, did. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I don't know what you were going to ask. Like, uh, do, do you have you a dog? Do you like dogs? <laughs> uh, my favorite promotion at the park. You know what? I'll tell you what I like. Because I, when I was a kid, there's a lot, a lot of stuff I like. Like I was big into the fireworks and Banner Day and all that stuff. But the one thing I loved, and the Mets haven't done in a while, is when they used to have Old Timers Day. I thought that was cool, even when I was young. Uh, And they would have, like, a theme, like they would have the old 73 Mets against, like, other players who played in 1973 from all sorts of different teams. And I thought that was the coolest thing. They took it away, like, 15 years ago. They haven't done it in a long time. I wish they would bring it back, but I like the history stuff. So whenever they, like, honor the 86 team or they honor the 69 team or honor, you know, the Met Hall of Fame like they did last year – I like that stuff. Other than that, I could care less. I don't. I mean, no offense to your dogs. I don't care about barking the park. I don't care about like the Met Dash. I don't care about you know the the, the bobblehead days. I think it's. I, I just don't care. I mean, it's great for the kids. I'm not trying to like say cancel them. I'm just saying it doesn't do it for me. I like going to the park and watching the Mets win. That's my favorite promotion. Unfortunately, they don't seem to do it very often.
4: Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys.
2: Todd, as always, a pleasure. Um, man, that was one of I, I was wondering where he was going with that question. I thought he was going to somehow bring up your cat, but you know, moving on from that, it was the park in the park. I didn't even know <laughs> they did that. Um, moving on from the Mets, what would your prediction be for the NL and AL? Who's going to win? Who's going to take it all? Who, sir, will win the World Series this year?
3: Well, the Philadelphia Phillies are going to win the National League East. They're going to struggle a little bit. They're not going to win 110 games. They're not going to win 105 games. And they're going to have a lot of issues with this lineup, especially with Utley being out and the closer situation with Lidge being out for God knows how long. But they'll win the division. The Cubs are going to win the National League Central. That's my mini surprise. If you look at their pitching, I think they've got the best pitching staff in the National League Central with the addition of Matt Garza. I think Carlos Zambrano's got his head on straight, at least for now. Uh, I want to say something different out west because I hate picking the surprise team from last year and thinking they're going to do it again because it always yeah, yeah. fails. Uh, the Dodgers, I think, could be better than people think. That, I'll, I'll go with that. I think Clayton Kershaw's got a chance to finally put it all together and win a Cy Young this season. You know, they got a good lineup with Loney and Ether and Kemp, and you know, Furcal's in a contract year. So a part of me wants to say the Giants. In fact, I said the Giants on the air over the weekend, but I'm just going to take the Dodgers because I can't, I can't pick the Giants. I can't do it because I hate those Those teams never do it when they surprise you one year. So the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Phillies will give the Braves the wild card team. Yankees or Red Sox are both making the playoffs. I don't care who wins the division. Neither does Joe Girardi, as he showed you last year. He doesn't care if he wins the division. So they're both yeah, making the yeah. playoffs. The Twinkies are going to win the Central. They always do. Don't worry. They'll get embarrassed by the Yankees in the playoffs. And Oakland's going to win the West. They have the best pitching in the American League West. I love their front four. Their lineup's a little bit better from last year. It still stinks, but it's a little bit better. And I think Texas is completely overrated. They have a great offense. But their pitching staff, you know, you take away Cliff Lee. And also, the Rangers, after the month of, like, June, they didn't play good baseball for like three months last year, but because nobody challenged them, nobody paid attention to it. I know they turned it on in October, sure. So I'll go with Oakland, Yankees, Red Sox, and uh, the Twinkies. Now, you want me to give you a World Series pick? Because those ones always suck. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> suck it up. All right. All right. I'll do it for you. Because nobody of all my playoff teams, nobody would pick the Chicago Cubs. They're going to win the National League pennant. And because nobody would pick the A's in the American League West, they're going to win the American League pennant. So I want you to lock this down. The Chicago Cubs against the Oakland Athletics. What do you think of that? Wow, that's All right, Devin, thanks, thanks for joining us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait a second. Now, if somebody told you the Padres were going to win 90 games, you would have thought they were nuts. Because and You you thought Giants, Rangers? Nobody thought that. It's got to be something kooky. If I sat here and picked Red Sox, Phillies, how boring would that be? I mean, come on. You you want to give you? okay, fine. Red Sox, Phillies, there you go. You happy?
2: Yeah. I am happy. Thank you, Evan. That's no problem. You know.
3: Anytime. <laughs>
1: before, before, Wait, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Before we let you go, let me ask you, uh, who's your favorite man of all time?
3: My favorite man of all hell? time is probably Rico Brogna. I loved watching him play defense what? at first base. He was a left-hand hitter. He was from Connecticut. He you know, coaches basketball. He was a nice guy the two times I met him. And as a kid playing first base, uh, or at least I tried to play first base, I always modeled myself after Rico Brogna. And he probably was my all-time favorite. Matt Doc Gooden's up there, but Doc's Banger success was before I really understood what was going on. So I'll give the edge to Rico Bronya.
1: And uh, wow. let me see if, let me let me see if you can guess mine, Evan. I'm going to give you two clues on this one. All right, this guy showed no emotion as a Mets player. Rico Walker. Or... Shut up. So, or uh, he didn't show any emotion, whether it's good or bad. And this guy loved to go over the G W Bridge before the game was over. Who was my favorite Met?
3: Kevin McReynolds.
1: Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, gotta love, got
2: love K Mac. That one of the all time classics. I remember Mike talking about how uh, I think his I think Kevin McReynolds' wife called in the fan That's one right.
3: day. That's right. That's right.
2: Yeah, yeah. He, he talked about it years ago, and she was saying how uh, you know Kevin hates <laughs> the traffic and everything. <laughs> <in the future.
3: laughs> you gotta love a, a guy story. whose wife calls in the fan. I would, I I would love for that to happen now. I'd love for Carlos Beltran's wife to just call up and yell at Joe for ripping uh, Carlos for the last five years.
2: <laughs> uh, that, that, that would be, that would definitely be good. Uh, Joe, I believe you have another question.
1: Yeah, Evan. Uh, this Saturday is the Final Four. So who are you rooting for in the Final Four?
3: Uh, you know, I'm probably rooting for Butler to win the whole thing. I, I know they're not a Cinderella team anymore because they got there last year, but. When yep. that half-court shot didn't go down against Duke, it just ruined what would have been probably the greatest ending to a college basketball game you could ever write. And I'm sick of VCU. I really am. I mean, I'm sick of pronouncing yep. Shaka Smart's name wrong. I'm sick of looking at Al Dukes, the producer of Boomer and Carton, on the sideline coaching oh, college <laughs> basketball team. I'm sick of VCU and having to think about how all the experts were wrong. I just, I'm just, i done with them. You know, They're not appealing to me. I'm done with the VCU. <laughs> The UConn-Kentucky one is so brutal because I can't stand the Connecticut fans around here. Oh, my God, they act like they're the local team. And Kimball Walker, you know what, I can't stand them. But also, I can't stand Coach Calipari. I mean, the guy basically said, "I want Kerry Kittles instead of Kobe Bryant." He was deked out because his her. stupid agent said Kobe wasn't going to sign with the Nets. He was going to sign with the Nets. Give me a break. So, I hope that the UConn Kentucky game is canceled, and I hope that Butler <laughs> just just beats nobody and just wins the national championship. <laughs>
2: well, that's you sound like a very angry icon basketball fan, but uh, well, because yeah, my bracket is just... to
3: the toilet. I mean, I think it's where everybody else's bracket is.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure. I know that my brackets and the crap were considering. I, I didn't make one. I just threw it in straight directly in the toilet. Smart. Uh, uh, speaking of uh, speaking of toilets, I have a question for you. Yes. Um, I was listening to Boomer and Carton the other day. I turned it on. You know, go to work, whatever. And uh, I heard John Cena on this show, right? And Joe and I were texting each other in the morning, as we usually do, about whatever stupid stuff that Boomer and, and Craig are talking about. But I'm listening to this interview, right? And it, it was so odd to me because, right? Um. First of all, Boomer and Carton, neither one of them like wrestling. You know, they've ripped you a couple of times about liking wrestling. Right. Then John Cena's there, who sounds completely out of place. I think my favorite <laughs> question that was asked was what Craig always does is, so, uh, John, uh, you know, how, how much do you bench press these days, right? And then after all that, Boomer's talking to him about Triple H. He's in the middle of a, of a sentence, and Carton cuts him off. Hey, thanks for joining us, John. The only thing that I was thinking during this whole that whole interview, other than how weird and, and – out of whack it was, was, why wasn't he on your show? I know that Joe said, Joe told me that you had talked about it, but I'd like to hear, it. what in the world was John Cena doing on their show, talking to them about
1: nothing?
3: <laughs> well, I mean, they, they do more of, a, you know, an entertainment, comedy, you know, crazy morning show, where Joe and I, we do three hours. We do mostly sports. I mean, we do yeah 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 you know, the baseball, the basketball, the football. It's, I mean, it, it's just a very different type of show. Uh, the one thing, and I said this on Saturday morning on the air, I'm, I'm not one to ever go on anybody else's show unless I'm invited. I'm not going to walk into yeah, somebody's yeah. studio. The only person that can do that is Mike. If Mike wants to walk in on our show, which he's done a few times, <laughs> hey, I'm coming in here, okay? i got something to say to you guys, okay? He can do that. But the, <laughs> only, thing say, the, <laughs> the only thing I'll say to Boomer and Carton is they like making fun of me, give me an opportunity <laughs> to go one-on-one With John Cena in studio. And let me tell you guys something. I will say (laughs) everything, everything to his face that anybody over the age of 13 who likes wrestling wants to say to John Cena. I will not be afraid of it. What's he going to do? He's going to punch me? Big deal. I'll be a millionaire. I'll sue his ass. I will go in there. And then Carton can make fun of me for the rest of my life, how I attacked John Cena and I went after him and all that crap. <laughs> I would, I would love the opportunity to tell John Cena on behalf of everybody over the age of 15 exactly why we chant Cena sucks. I would love that honor, and maybe someday I'll get the chance.
2: Yeah, I, I would love to hear that, too, because I'd love to hear the thud that you make when you go slamming into the table uh, after, Cena, after Cena rips you apart. He but, wouldn't do it. Know, he would
3: giggle like a schoolgirl, exactly what he did when The Rock was ripping him. He'd <laughs> just be like,
2: whoo hoo You know, you're, you're right. He probably would do that. And uh, I would just love to hear him on the show because I'd love to hear Joe go, bro. Bro, we got John Cena, bro. I mean, I mean, who who, who is this guy, bro? Bro, talk to me, bro. But
3: yeah, but Our producer actually asked me the other day if we uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin is promoting that Tough Enough, and the WWE wanted to put Austin on with us. And I said, yeah. I mean, I mean, it would be very different than a Cena thing because I love Austin, so it would be kind of an ass yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be be kissing his ass because I think he's fantastic. But uh, I don't know if Joe can handle. it. I mean, what's he gonna, was he gonna ask Austin? So, bro, you get a lot of women. What's your deal? He asked him how many beers can you drink in an hour? I guess. you know? <laughs> Exactly. But well, I don't know if he's allowed yeah. to anymore. Wasn't he in like alcohol rehab uh, a couple of years ago? that's Cold. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah,
2: yeah. Hopefully, you know Austin's not doing anything crazy. But uh, yeah, you mentioned The Rock and Cena. And again, following you on Twitter, I never, I never saw the explanation of Twitter baseball. But now that I know, it actually makes sense. You mentioned how good those two segments were. Any, uh, any comments on those before we let you go?
3: Oh, it was fantastic. I mean, having The Rock back is great. He, he's, he's just hilarious. The the thing about that whole Rock and Cena fiasco is that when John Cena, like, started going back at The Rock about, are you insulting my fan base? You know, are you making fun of the fact that kids like me? I'm proud kids like me. I, I was really confused because everything Cena was saying was kind of right. And, like, I felt bad about myself. And I think the like I looked at The Rock and I'm like, what the hell could he possibly say to this? You know, it was it was very uncomfortable. And when The Rock said, "You're right, we're only going to be judged by God, but God can't save your monkey ass tonight from a beating," I felt better about myself. I said, "Okay, I could." That's the response I needed. I was concerned The Rock was going to be like, "You're right, John. Let's hug it out and have a beer." So I, I, I kind of liked what they did because I was I've been concerned for a while that. They were gonna end this angle with them like shaking hands at WrestleMania and you know, the Rock accepting John Cena, and that would be my worst nightmare. Then it would have just been pointless for The Rock to come back. But I think because Cena ended that with his, you know, stupid finishing move, which is always be the FU. I don't know why they changed the name of it. Maybe because of P G thirteen. Um yeah, it makes yeah. me believe that this is they're gonna fight, that they're gonna actually have a match. Not 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 Sunday, but Someday, yes. whether it's at SummerSlam or next year's, they're gonna they're gonna wrestle. I think that's the plan. I think it's been made obvious now.
2: Yeah, I agree with you because I was thinking the same thing. What I actually thought was gonna happen was that Miz and Riley were gonna come out, they were gonna team up, beat them down, and then kind of ended in, a, in a, stare, a stare down. But the fact that Cena did, you know, what I would consider a heel thing, and you know, behind Rock's back, turn around, boom, run right into the Attitude Adjustment Fu, whatever you want to call it. I said to myself, now it's getting interesting. Something's gonna happen at Mania, and I would absolutely love. And I don't order SummerSlam music because it's usually not that good, but I would love to see Scene at SummerSlam because it obviously won't happen on Sunday. But any uh, any thoughts on the Triple H, Undertaker, HBK segment, and the, the other good part of Raw? Yeah, what, I
3: liked it, but what the hell is going on? I mean, I, you know, they ended it. See, this is weird the way they ended Monday Night Raw. They ended Raw this week, the final rubber for WrestleMania, with so many questions going into WrestleMania that you think could be answered on a Raw, like, what the hell's the deal with Shawn Michaels? Is he going to be the guest referee? Isn't that what we all assumed based on Triple H saying, "Tell him Shawn, why I'm going to beat him at WrestleMania"? <laughs> I thought that's what he meant. I was waiting for for Shawn to be like, "Yeah, I'm the guest referee, and we got two words for you," you know. And, and it didn't happen. And, and Shawn looked yeah. constipated as he walked out of the ring. I don't know what was going on there. I mean, I liked oh. it, but I, I yeah. like where are they going with it? I mean. I I don't know, like, because if they name him guest referee at WrestleMania, like if they announce it at the card, doesn't that kind of defeat the whole purpose of like trying to get people to buy the event? So yeah, yeah, I was it almost felt like that. I kept like checking my calendar as I was watching Raw. I'm like, is there another week before (laughs) WrestleMania? Like, do they need another Raw to build up? Because they almost have too many unanswered questions. I said yeah. the same exact thing to DG uh, last night. I said that this felt like the uh, the
1: week or two weeks before WrestleMania. It didn't feel like the actual last Monday before WrestleMania. And so I totally yeah. agree
3: with you there. It was. Yeah. Tr- and we, look, we all know that Triple H isn't beating him. I mean, they, they're not ending the streak with him. I mean, they, that right. that would just be wrong on so many levels. Right. And then with that said,
1: are you going to order WrestleMania?
3: Man, I'll tell you, I'm very mixed about it. I I want to because I I am drawn in by this, but I mean. There's there's two reasons why I'm kind of against it. A, it's like a million dollars to order. But B, this is some this is a little personal. I tried to order the Royal Rumble, okay? I did. I tried to order it. I was into it. But I was out that night, so I T-voted it while recording it. I get home at 10:30 at night and it's not recording. And I go to the pay-per-view channel and it's got some porn on. Now look, <laughs> I'm okay with porn. I'm like any other guy. I'm fine with it, but I thought I was ordering a wrestling pay-per-view. So I call up my cable provider and say, why is Big Butts three and a half? you know, whatever the name of it is, why is this on my TV instead of the Rumble? And the woman who could barely speak English is like, well, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll try to fix it. And she couldn't fix it. I'm on hold for 25 minutes, and I'm thinking to myself, "What am I doing? I'm going, I'm going nuts to to spend fifty dollars on a pay per view that I can read the results in in five minutes." And I'm, I was so pissed at my cable provider that I don't want to give them any more money. Like it re- they really ticked me off by principle. So that's actually holding me back from ordering WrestleMania, to be honest with you. <laughs>
2: Well, we're gonna, I have no comment about what you actually did watch. But we, uh, you know, Joe's gonna come over to my house. We're gonna be watching Manny with a couple of buddies of ours, some of the pure gold team. So it should be good. I mean, between what there's gonna be about four of us. So you know, fifteen bucks a piece isn't bad considering it's I think fifty-five or something astronomical like that. But you know, it'll be worth it because cause we'll watch it. But I agree with you. I wouldn't be paying fifty-five or sixty or whatever it is, but you know, on my own. But I mean, don't you make a million dollars anyway as yeah. a WF fan?
3: Now, did you think you were talking to Francesa or Carton? This is Evan. Evan, we do the midday show. I mean, You, 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 can, you must show. be confused by the host or something like that. The guy comes on yeah, our show. We don't pay him. Come on. that. Exactly.
2: <laughs> Yeah. Well, Evan, as always, uh, it's been a pleasure. You know, hopefully we'll just, uh, you know, make you the third co-host on the, on the show and, you know, uh, d- just get to make this official because you never do anything anyway. But we appreciate you coming on. And, uh, you know, again, I apologize for Todd's uh, dog question because that was just uh, out of line and inappropriate. So uh, I thought it was yeah. very appropriate.
3: See, I'm actually doing something tomorrow night, so I'm glad that you picked tonight. I'm going to a Broadway show tomorrow night. How classy am I? And I'm tivoing Nick's Nick So, see, what, I was busy tomorrow.
2: What are you gonna watch, Cats?
3: <laughs> no, <laughs> you're funny. <laughs> no, the, the Matt Stone and Trey Parker have a of a new Broadway show called The Book of Mormon, where I think they mock religion, and I always find that entertaining. So uh, I'm gonna go see it.
2: <laughs> well, Evan, as always, it's been a pleasure. Uh, have a good one, and uh, you know we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Have a
3: wonderful, <laughs> wonderful day. Thanks, Evan. See you Later. Take
2: right, <laughs> <Later>. care. <laughs> Folks, <laughs> we thought that for Evan. <laughs> Evan was really uh, out of his mind tonight. I don't know what what's going on over there, but I uh, know Evan. Evan's great. You know, we appreciate him again. Close personal friend of ours, and uh, you know, best man at Joe's wedding, and I mean, just you know, he's he's practically family to us at this point. So we can insult him and make fun of him and do whatever we want. But this uh, this Evan Roberts rant was brought to you by Rocco's Inner City Games, folks, where your gaming needs are their specialty. They have new and used games at competitive prices. They repair all video game systems as well. Come to Rocko's for all of your gaming needs. Call them at 973-883-6022 or visit them at 69 Garden Street in Passaic, New Jersey, my favorite town. When you call or come in, mention Pure Gold. Jimmy?
1: Thank you, DG. It's 1047. It's time for Sports Update with Todd, brought to you by Design Stitch. Are you looking to promote your business, school, church, or team? Contact Design & Stitch for all your embroidery and screening printing needs. Mention Pure Gold for fifty percent off of all setup charges. We are located at 194 Atlantic Street in Hackensack, New Jersey. Contact us at 201-488-1314 or visit us at our website at design-n-stitch.com. Without further ado, it is now time for Todd Sports Update. Todd, how are you?
2: Wait, hold on a second. <laughs> all right, uh, Bark in the Park. How are you, sir?
4: Wonderful, thank you. <laughs> Come on now, take the dog to the park. I thought it was great. Oh yeah, yeah it, was, it was great. Sure. Are, are you are you mocking my firstborn son? I would I would
2: never mock you. I'd mock you, not your firstborn son. I just I was sitting there wondering where's Todd going with this, and I'm glad that Evan brought it up. Because I was clueless. I'm like, what is he going to ask him? Do you have a cat? Would you do you have a dog? Would you like to meet my dog? I mean, were you trying to set up
4: your, your, your animals? I mean,
2: what, what what was going on there, Todd?
4: I am a radio host nightmare because you never know what's going to come out of my mouth. <laughs> I am so roundabout in the way I ask the question. I, I know I have, have
2: nightmares with, with Todd's take. So speaking <laughs> of words, <whiskey, laughs> <laughs> Anything going on in sports, sir? You must be happy that you're not going to be talking final four today.
4: Oh, uh, yes, I was actually pretty happy about that. I flipped on to uh, ESPN just to make sure I wouldn't have to talk about it. So, <laughs> with that that being said, in the NBA, with about five seconds left to play, the Thunder are about to beat the Warriors in overtime, one fifteen to one fourteen, or at least it looks that way. The Nets drop <laughs> drop one to the uh, to the Rockets, one twelve eighty seven. The Cavs over the Heat. I guess. Good thing everybody hates LeBron these days, don't they? 102-90? <laughs> at least that's what I. That's what all the kids are saying. Yep. So uh, <laughs> the Kings lead the Suns uh, at about halfway through the second, and that's about it for the NBA. In the NHL, we had eleven games tonight. A lot of action tonight. My wife is upstairs crying into a pillow because the Flyers beat the Pens five to two. Sabers fall to the Leafs four to three. The Canes over the Caps, 3-2 to in a shootout, and also the Panthers they lost to Cleveland, 3-2 in a shootout. Canadians over the Thrasher's, 3-1. Canucks over the Predators, 3-1. The Lightning smack around the Senators 5-2, and right now closing out the first, we have the Stars and Coyotes tied at 0-0, and also the Kings and Oilers are knotted at the end of their first period. The Bruins shut out the Blackhawks, three 3-0, and the Wild and the Blues, three to two in a shootout. Lots of shootouts tonight, and that's it for your sports update, JB. Thank you, TJ. And uh, let's not take this to the
1: dogs. Let's not dog, it, TJ. Let's not crap all over this next segment, Todd. It's time for your Todd's sake, So take it away.
4: All right. Well, let me lift my leg over here. <laughs> <laughs> We're all having such a good. T- <laughs> We're all having such a good time tonight. Uh, I actually wanted to talk about something a little bit more serious tonight. And uh, but let me ask uh, you guys: when you guys were growing up, did you have one particular best friend that that you're still friends with to this day? To a point, not somebody that you talk to every day, but somebody that you're still like you still consider your best friend. Yes, no. No, <laughs> no. It, okay. it probably has to be TG. <laughs> Yeah, sorry,
1: um,
2: I'm looking at something here. No, I, I actually I have a best friend or had a best friend that I talked to, but we kind of parted ways after I started the show because then once Todd came on the show, he decided to no longer speak to me again.
3: He went to uh, jail. Fantastic.
4: Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you know, I have one of these, uh, these, these uh, best friends, you know, a guy that I grew up with, you know, um, someone who's, you know, I have a special bond with this guy. And we had the kind of friendship where, like, no matter how much time passes, when when we see each other, it feels like I just saw him yesterday, like I was just talking to him yesterday. And, you know, my man and I, you know, thick and thin. We learned from each other's mistakes growing up, and believe me, we made plenty of those. You know, we learned about women. We learned about music. We learned about the evils of drugs and the fun of being young and irresponsible. You know, we truly learned about sports life and everything in between. Well, now we're both grown, one of us became an adult, and the other one became mm-hmm. a man. You know, one went to work, while the other one went to Neverland. And I think you know who's who. So yeah, you're you're 18, uh, you're Peter Pan, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, when I was like 18, between the ages of 18 and 22, when we were like really thick and thieves, you know, I wanted to be him. Uh, you know, I just always wanted his devil may care attitude, his uncaring about the, you know, he just didn't care about the future. You know, he didn't feel the need to have a plan. I mean, women wanted him and guys wanted to be him, honestly. Um, I mean, this guy, he stood best man at my wedding, you know, and shortly after that, you know, he moved to the wilds of Vermont, and, you know, I went to the rolling hills of Hunterdon County here in Jersey. So, you know, we continued to speak, but it was pretty much only on holidays when we both happened to be in our hometown. You know, so fast forward 10 years or so, the economy bottoms out, and the job market for a uh, a line cook lifer north of 35 kind of dries up. You know, they don't really want you so much anymore. So my best friend of all time, my man, coming back to Jersey. Moving back in with his folks, all right, you know, it's a good thing for me. Selfish, you know, perhaps, you know, i get my friend back. But sadly, the lack of work wasn't the only reason why he came home. You know, it turns out that years of swilling Coca-Cola had taken most of his teeth, Cigarette smoking had taken his breath and left him with onset emphysema. And it wasn't, you know, if that wasn't enough, the years of drug abuse had really messed up his thyroid and just left him a gaunt, sullen, sunken shell. You know, I I wish I was there more. You know, I I wish there was something I could have done. Uh, You know, we were such heavy influences on each other. You know, most of the things we did for the first time we did together we played sports together. We had our first serious relationships and breakups at the same time together. I mean, it breaks my heart to see him like this, and I wish there was more I could have done. You know, I became a husband and a father, and he stayed Peter Pan. And I've been trying to see him as much as possible. You know, all our old friends are married and moved away, and he spends most of his days just reading and, you know, still smoking merits and slapping back coats. I guess you can't teach an old dog new tricks. You know, I'm worried about him. I know he's not long for this world, and I I know I'm going to lose a very important part of my youth. And, again, maybe it's me just being very selfish and thinking about my own personal loss, but, you know, something that I can't willingly let let go of, but something that, you know, I'm afraid will be taken. I'm Todd Johnston. JB?
1: Thank you, TJ, for that serious taking, Todd. I appreciate it. You have a good night.
4: Thanks, guys. You too. All right,
2: Todd, take care. That was a that was a somber, Todd's take for sure. Um, but you know, moving on as we still have a, a little bit more on the show to do. I'd actually like to get into something. We have a caller on hold. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to him in a second because we're going to be talking about wrestling. But um, you know, something that I've been meaning to talk about for the past couple of weeks is, folks, you need to be prepared for all things. The fact is that what happened in Japan, and, and I would close the show with this, but I feel like I need to say it now because otherwise I, I, I've forgotten all these times. I may as well you know I'll forget again. You need to be prepared, uh, you need to be stocked up. The fact is that what happened in Japan is now affecting the United States. It it's hit us. It hit us on some of our west states western states, you know, California, Oregon and whatnot. And I've been reading in the paper, looking in the news, looking on, on T V that, you know, somehow the radiation ended up in Massachusetts, and ended up in Pennsylvania and now my wife just showed me something about uh being in New York. You know, folks, it's not a time to mess around, it's not a time to play. You just never know what might happen. In this world, there's disasters abound, abounding, disasters afoot. So we really should stock up, stock up on water, stock up on food. Uh, even CNN has been talking about it. have at least $1,000 of cash on you, in your house, have enough food for you and your family, for, you know, a couple of, I mean, my pastor's been talking about it for a while now, 30 days. My wife and I have a ton of water. We're actually going to go out and get some more. Um... You know, and and it's 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 a little higher than we're normally exposed to on a daily basis. I, I didn't even know that we were exposed to radiation on a daily basis, but I guess it, it, it only makes sense. But the truth is, for those of you listening out there, uh, following a sombre note with another, you know, serious one, we need to be careful. We need to know what's going on. We need to watch the news, pay attention. You know, I'm a Fox News guy myself, but CNN sometimes has some good articles, some good things. Um... The government has lied to us, and I'm not going to turn this into a conspiracy theory thing. There's other shows on Blog Talk Radio that talk about this. But our president has lied to us multiple occasions. Well, we have nothing to worry about. It's not going to hit us. Well, it's not going to hit us. It's not going to hit our shores. Well, it has hit our shores, Mr. President. This is uh, my rant. This is my Todd's take, as it were. It has hit our shores. It has hit us. Watch where your stuff comes from. Just be careful. Maybe it's a, it's a bit much, but it's better to be safe than sorry, because the fact is that Things are not going well in this world Things are not going well for this country So folks, be careful um, And just, you know, pay attention To everything, pay attention to the media But don't listen to everything they say Because they've been lying to us left and right Especially our government um, You know, again, I'm just saying we got to be careful We need to be prepared uh, We have a couple of callers in the line So I'd like to get to them um, But D.G., D.G. Yes, sir,
1: sir. Uh, Just so, th- I mean, I-, I know you're delivering A very important message here, so can you just give us, uh, the audience, just um, just some information in terms of, like, how much water should we have per person in the house?
2: Well, basically, uh, what FEMA would tell you, if you look, it, it would be a gallon of water a day. They tell you, and, and this is coming out on, re- on regular secular things. It has nothing to do with religion or anything else. They talk about having at least three days' supply for you. But think about it. If something happened, if you're if you were unable to go somewhere, if there was some type of disaster in your local area somewhere close to you. What good would three days be? My wife and I are stocked up for 30 days. We had 15 cases of water, and we're going to go get more, you know, for neighbors and whatnot. Uh, We went to BJ's, and we got the 32-pack with um, four bucks, 32-pack, 16 ounces of water, good stuff. Um, And we have enough. If you're going to have, per person, it's a gallon a day per person that's, you know, drinking and also cleaning and, and washing and things like that. Now, hopefully, we pray that it doesn't get to that point, but we do need to be careful. We do need to be stocked up because, like I said, everywhere you look on the news, there's, there's radiation going everywhere. You know, some people may say, if we're going to die, we're going to die anyway, but that's just a stupid attitude to have. Be prepared. Be safe. Better to be safe than sorry. So, you know, you can look it up. Go to FEMA. Uh, look on the Internet. It'll tell you. But we have enough for th- uh, 30 days' worth for the two of us, you know, because it's just us two now. So, you know, just just like I said, be prepared. I've always kept doing the loop on things. You know, when Pastor talks about it, what's going on, unrest in the Middle East, it affects us. Unrest in Israel, that affects us. What's going on in Japan is obviously affecting us. And, you know, if something happens on American soil, are we prepared? The fact is that we're not prepared. People are not prepared. And, you know, we've been living the high off the hog, as it were. So I just wanted to make this my public service announcement for the evening as we hit the, uh, the one-hour mark on the show. But... um, anything on that jb before we move on to our our callers
1: no i think the best way to say is that always be vigilant be alert because you know we we always are never ready for a disaster i mean if we look at nine eleven you know who ever thought that you know terrorists would be able to attack us on our own soil so that right there tells us that you know we learned we we learned from that mistake but you know we've also forgotten i feel you know it's going to be ten years this september and I think that people remember that day, but they they're not as cautious as they were a couple of days after that day. So I think that we need yeah. to be vigilant. and I think we need to be alert. So you're right, T.G.
2: Well, what normally happens is when situations like that come up, disasters and things, everybody everybody seeks God. You know, whether you're Catholic or you're Christian or whatever the case is, everybody goes to church, everybody prays, everybody does their thing. And then when things come down, they go back to normal. This is not a time to go back to normal, you know. Um, I know that Evan had mentioned about, you know, joking around or whatever and making fun of religion. You know, yeah, religion religion sucks, but your belief in God, your belief in, in, you know, obviously we're Christians here, so we talk about Jesus, we talk about the Lord. Um that is what matters, what you what you believe in, you know, the, the truth. The truth shall set you free. The fact is that not everybody can be right. I was listening this morning and, and you know, they were talking about some there was some Muslim uh rhetoric. They were talking about, you know, how um you know they, they are not I don't know how to, how to phrase it exactly, but basically they believe the complete and exact opposite of what we believe in terms of, you know, who's right and who's wrong. So how can two people with a po- completely opposing viewpoints who see each other as wrong both be right? That doesn't make any sense. That's like saying two. Po- I say 2 plus 2 equals 4. Joe says 5 plus 3 equals 4. One of us is wrong. We can't, we can't arrive at the same conclusion two different ways um, and have two completely different, you know, viewpoints that completely oppose each other. So you know what? Again, I'm not going to turn this into a religious debate or anything. But the fact of the matter is that know what you believe, believe it, live it, and just you know go along with it. Because this is not a time to be joking or playing around or messing around or you know scumming it up, as it were. But again, we have a couple callers online. We'd like to get to. Um, joining us first, we have Andy from my favorite town of Passaic, New Jersey. Andy, how are you doing, sir?
0: How are you doing, David?
2: I am doing good. I'm here with my partner J B. What would you like to talk about this evening, sir?
0: Well, when I was listening earlier, you know, I heard I heard um, I heard that was said that, you know, they didn't know what was going on with the whole Undertaker and Triple H. They have no idea where that was going. Well okay. me and my me yeah, me and my friend, we were watching that and uh, he's an HBK fan. I'm telling you this. Of when he was little, you know, I mean, he got every action figure of HBK. You know, this guy, this guy seriously needed help. But anyway, <laughs> you know, what, what we, what, I have two predictions on what, what happened, what probably would happen. Uh, we saw how both of them, you know, even though Triple H said that that was his friend, he actually put him down, saying that he got soft, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see the reaction on HBK's face. You know, and then um, Undertaker put him down saying, oh, ask him. You know, you see the tension on all three of them, not just yeah. uh, only Triple H and, and um, Undertaker. So because these are the two predictions that we that probably could happen, you know, in the match, because it's a no-holds-barred match, because it's no disqualification. If HBK yeah, yeah. comes in, if HBK comes into the match, there's not going to, you know, they're not going to stop the fight because there's no disqualification. Of course. So the first prediction, you know, he could side with his best friend, you know, Sweet Chin Music Undertaker, and have <laughs> Triple e, H um, end it, you know, with the pin, three count, and the the streak is broken. Or HBK Four. wants wants to be the one that breaks the streak. So he'll Sweet Chin Music Triple H. You know, making it 19-0, and, and then next year he'll break the streak. You know, but you see a lot of tension going on. Those are the predictions here that I see. Okay. As far as the Rock, yeah. As far as the Rock and John Cena and all that stuff, you know, John Cena really needs to grow up. You know, <laughs> I mean, for real. <laughs> you 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 attract the little kids because you act like a little kid. <laughs> you know, I grew up with the Rock. True. You well, know, Don't forget, rock. don't forget,
2: Andy. He he is a homeless of Power Rangers. So uh, you know, yeah, let,
0: let's not forget that. Definitely, definitely. And you know, out of all colors, purple. You know, for real, that's a little bit fruity to me. You know,
2: fruity no, devil, right? You know,
0: yeah. I grew up with the, you know, I grew up with the Rock. You know, especially you know when my father was watching it. You know, when he was a heel, started yeah, off yeah. in Nation of Domination. You know, Nation of Domination. So. You know, seeing him get, you know, attitude adjustment on kind of ticked me off. But I know that he's going to get payback. Whether it's Rather it's in WrestleMania, rather it's on Monday. He's going to get yeah. payback back, definitely, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, other than that, you know, other wrestlers that I – well, personally, I was talking to the minister, you know, David earlier. And,
1: um, he said <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that would be me,
2: folks. For for those of you who don't know, that would be me. But uh, hold hold on a second, Andy. Um, I think JB wanted to say something, sir.
1: No, Andy, yeah. I mean, on your on your two points, I mean, I think the the best way they could have handled this angle is on Sunday, just somehow uh, have HBK be the special referee in this match because it'd be interesting to see how he calls that match. I know he tried to be fair, but it'd be interesting to see if he actually would super kick. Triple H, so that Undertaker remains undefeated, or if he actually helps his friend out, and you know Undertaker loses, and then the streak is over. So, I think that the the way that they need to do it is to make somehow they need to make Shawn Michaels that referee in that match, and I think it'll be very interesting to watch that. And then the whole other point, yeah. Go ahead, Andy.
0: Yeah, that would be that would be very, very, very interesting because actually the first thought that came to my mind, he should actually be the guest referee.
1: Yeah. And then to your point about, you know, the whole Rock and Cena angle, I thought that John Cena actually brought up a lot of good points last night. And, you know, the Rock, all he could say was that, you know, God can't save you from the, the, you know, the butt whooping I'm going to lay on you. So, you know, I I don't even think the Rock had any, like, rebuttal. I think he just, it it came to be that these guys are going to wrestle, whether it be at uh, SummerSlam this year or next year at WrestleMania. So, Hopefully we see you know me and d g always talk about a heel turn for John Cena, which would be great for his character, we think, but uh, we'll see what that happens, but uh, you know last night was definitely electrifying, and uh we do appreciate your call, Andy, yeah, thank you,
0: thank you very much. One more thing that I like to comment um I was talking to David, and he says all you guys do not like Randy Orton. I personally like Randy Orton, so I would like to know what's up with that. Wow. I well I actually we
2: should... said that we hate Wait. Randy Orton and we, we both want to punch him in the face, but that's uh that's besides the point. Joe, you have any, any before I hang up on this fool, you have anything you'd like to say about that?
1: Um, no, I thought there was something wrong with the line. I thought he was being disconnected <laughs> after he said he likes Randy Orton.
2: <laughs> well, Andy, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Sorry, uh, Andy got cut off. I don't know what happened there, but uh oh, we owe Randy Orton because he's terrible and he is the worst. And he is not awesome like the Miz. We have another caller that uh, is joining us this evening, uh, a returning caller who's been gone for a while, Kenny from West Palm Beach, Florida. Kenny, how are you doing, sir?
5: Uh, I'm doing good. How are you doing? Uh,
2: I'm I'm doing great, sir. What in the world is on your mind that you decided to join us once again?
5: Well, um, I don't know. I was was just online on Facebook, and I saw you, you guys had Evan on, so I tuned in. I just caught on to the last bit of it. But, um, you know, I guess he was ranting on the Mets. And, uh, yeah, yeah, he was. Good God almighty.
0: <laughs>
5: maybe, maybe some of that ra- radioactive rain can fall on, you know, on Citi Field, and not, they'll gain some superpowers, and maybe they'll win more than 40 games this year. What do you think?
2: <laughs> I, I think that's possible. More likely it'll have a reverse yeah, effect on uh, the Mets. Yeah,
5: will, uh... the, 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 yeah, this isn't the Marvel Universe, Dave.
2: <laughs> no, it, it it definitely isn't But, uh, I mean, knowing that you're not a Mets fan Are you Are you still a Braves fan? Or how you became a Braves fan, I don't even remember
5: I gave that up in the 90s, man The early 90s
2: You
5: gotta remember When I was growing up I didn't have Remember, the Mets were on Sports Channel I didn't have Sports Channel The only channel I had was TBS And that was the only baseball I had So, you know, I watched them And, you know, okay
1: then I realized it, what the heck! I'm not
5: from Atlanta. <laughs>
2: this is true, but <laughs> now <laughs> now you're a Red Sox fan. If I'm not mistaken, you're not from Boston oh, either. Uh, so what's the difference? You know, because they hate the
5: Yankees just as much as
2: I do. Oh well, there, there you go. That, that'll work. But uh, <laughs> what, what do you think? Who do you think's going to win the uh, the NL East this year? Oh, um, well, if, well, if
5: it wasn't if it wasn't so late,
2: I would play. If it wasn't so late, I'd play the rock clip of it. Doesn't matter what you think, but uh,
5: you know. <laughs> okay, well, well you both... can you can say you can say it. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you used to do a good rock impersonation back in the day.
2: <laughs> this is true, but we're I mean, we're both thinking that the Phillies are going to win um, American League. Nah. What do you think, Red Sox? Are they going to take it? Are they going to take it to the Yankees this year?
4: Oh,
5: clearly. I mean, the Yankees with all the you know all the what the Yankees got. Okay, they got great offense. They got a great bullpen, but. Starting pitching is still going to be a question. I mean, AJ Burnett is is basically me with a with a with a, with a curveball. You know, the guy's you know he's out there. You, you hit him a couple of times. The guy's you know he, he his nerves get rattled. You know, I mean, his nerves would be less rattled if he got hit with a chair in the head.
2: This is this is true. Never been a fan of I AJ mean, Burnett personally.
5: I mean, seriously, seriously, seriously. I mean,
1: uh, definitely. Oh, definitely serious. Now
5: Kenny, I mean, it's horrible. I mean, I mean, I think it's going to be the Braves, uh, not the Braves. Yeah, the Braves. <laughs> I, I, I just don't. I, I think Phillies. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Sure, they got pitching, but you know, you got a lot of question marks. Uh, the um, the other guy, so picking, um, the guy in left Kenny, field.
2: It, the, Kenny, hold on a second. If I'm not mistaken, you know, wait, wait a second. You're picking the, the Phillies to win the American League East? Because isn't that wasn't that right for my question?
5: No, 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 no! I'm talking about
2: the National League now. Okay, good. Right. I just want to make sure we're on the same page, <laughs> Joe.
1: Kenny, Kenny, I, I think that uh, it's safe to say in the American League, the uh, you know the the division will probably go to the Red Sox and the Yankees will probably win the wild card. I think that's a pretty safe assumption, and I think the National League East, it's safe to say that the Braves and the Phillies will you know con, you know contend and hopefully you know both teams just you know go away forever when the radiation <laughs> drops on them, but. <laughs> But other than that, <laughs> I think that the Phillies are going to eke it out. I don't think the Phillies are going to win uh, as many games as like even Evan agreed with. Uh, even Evan said that they're not going to win as many games as people think. So I think the Braves are going no. to contend. I mean,
5: so, I mean, hopefully. even if they do, even if they do win a hundred games, this is an interesting stat that I came up with today. There have been eleven teams out of the NL East since 1969 to win a hundred games. And you know how you know what two teams that won a hundred games won the World Series.
1: Uh,
2: two. Uh,
5: no. The 69 Mets and the 86 Mets. There
2: you go, two. <laughs> wow! 100 wow, Kenny. A hundred wins
5: means nothing. hundred <laughs> wins <laughs> means nothing.
2: This this is true, but you know, hopefully you the remember, the remember went, will, will what, take it off.
5: Seattle won a hundred what a hundred seven was it 114 117 games and they yeah, lost yeah. in four games to the Yankees. Hundred yeah, wins I, means I nothing.
2: That. You're well, right.
5: anyway, good show like always. You know, I don't get to catch it as as, as often as I can because I'm always busy with the kids, and uh, you'll find out about that one day
1: soon enough, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, soon enough I'll find out about being busy with the kids. But Kenny, we thank you. We appreciate your call as always, and hopefully you can call in again and rant and rave like a lunatic like you always do. Thank you, sir.
5: You're welcome. This rant wasn't that prepared. Next, my next rant, trust me, will be very. It will be written down, be prepared, and rantifaces.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. All Hopefully, right, good uh,
5: night.
2: take care. Hopefully, you'll be able to read your own handwriting, unlike Todd, who uh, <laughs> who never knows what the hell he's reading. But uh, JB, you have any closing thoughts on this show? We didn't really get into Raw because of all the other stuff uh, we talked a little Raw with Evan and, uh, and Andy. But uh, anything, uh, anything before we close
1: out? Mm, just that Evan uh, obviously was another great spot and uh, appreciate yeah obviously definitely appreciate his take on major league baseball the mets in particular and uh glad that we got to ask him some other questions before we let him go because you know before we let him go we should ask him another eight questions and then then let him go <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah but and before we let you go folks just remember that this show was brought to you by Rocco's City Games where your gaming needs are their specialty. They have new and used games at competitive prices, and they also repair all video game systems. Come to Rocko's for all of your gaming needs. Call them at 973-883-6022 or visit them at 69 Garden Street in Passaic, New Jersey, Andy's hometown, our caller. When you call or come in, please mention Pure Gold, sir.
1: This show was also also brought to you by Design Stitch. Are you looking to promote your business, school, church, or team Contact Design Stitch for all your embroidery and screening, screen printing needs. Mention Pure Gold for 50% off of all sub charges. We are located at 194 Atlantic Street in Hackensack, New Jersey. Contact us at 201-488-1314 or visit us at our website at design-the-letter-n-stitch.com. And please, once again, mention Pure Gold for 50% off of all sub charges. DG.
2: Sir, I have to admit, this is the first time in the history of this show that you were able to read it both as in one show and not mess up the first time or the second time. Would greatly appreciate it, uh, folks. We didn't get into RAW too much today because Thursday is going to be wrestling heavy. Being at WrestleMania is on Sunday, we're going to be talking a lot about that. But uh, we thank Evan, of course, for joining us. We had to flip flop him and Justin because Justin uh, is actually covering the uh, paint Peng- was covering the Penguins game tonight, and uh, he wasn't able to join us. But, uh, you know, we, it's a special favor because Justin is a friend of the show, just like Evan is our close personal friend. So, Justin will be joining us Thursday, and we also should be having Pyro joining us for uh, another On Fire with Pyro segment. Um, he's going to be taking some time off, some personal time to do some different things and, you know, go travel the world and go, go see, uh, you know, wrestling all over the, all over the planet. But, uh, we're going to have him on as well, hopefully. So, you know, as we close out, I would like to thank Todd for our sports update and, uh, you know, I guess the the most serious rant he's ever given us. I'd like to thank Fitz, our producer, Jose, our PR director, and, of course, the lovely Kelly, our board op. Folks, and remember, stock up on food and water because things are not going good. Radiation seems to be everywhere, so we have to protect ourselves. Remember to tune in on Thursday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. For JB, this is DG of Pure Gold reminding you folks to always keep it PG. Good night, everyone.